0: The information we provide in this podcast is for entertainment and informational purposes only. It should not be used in the place of advice from a mental health medical professional for prevention, diagnosis, or treatment of any other illness. If you're struggling with mental health issues, please seek professional help. The opinions shared in this podcast are our own and do not necessarily reflect those of our employers. Thank you for listening hello everyone and oh my gosh gft is back i know we've been gone for like i think two years but we are back and we are back with a vengeance and a joint venture we are back with my husband
1: yay me go me
0: (laughs) (laughs) and saga's creator Shannon Velasquez.
1: Yeah, buddy. What's up to all my geeks, my dweebs, my nerds, my hospandos, and my waifus. You know how we do this. <laughs> so, honey. So, yeah. Um, this is, should be interesting. I've never done a joint venture before like this. We're sharing the scene with another podcast, even though it's kind of cheating because it's you. But screw it. I'm going to cheat. Fuck it. <laughs>
0: So I figured I might as well do uh, a podcast with my husband because, well, I'm not doing the whole podcast with him. I'm going to start off GFT with him, the new season of GFT with him, um, because I've been wanting to do this, these episodes. That's right, people. I said episodes um, for the longest, and I wanted somebody who knew... Who had the knowledge? Aw. And uh, my husband has that knowledge.
1: The loserdom that is me. Yes.
0: <laughs> so if you're going to do it, you better do it right. And my husband is doing it right.
1: Aw, oh, shit. <laughs> doing it and doing it and doing it well. Bring that's on back. Fuck it. Why not? <laughs> And, and to be and to be fair, I didn't know how I wanted to do a Superman issue or episode for uh, the Saga's podcast because uh, one of the biggest problems soups has is that he has this long lineage. But a lot of writers would tell you it's really hard to write a proper Superman book because he's basically God. So a lot of times the, the most important stories or the best stories about him aren't really about him. Outside of maybe Reign of the Superman and War-, War Worlds, it's usually different versions of him. So you're doing your school shizzy, mm-hmm. and you you had you've had this on your on your plate for a hot minute. So I guess it kind of just made sense to just kind of like drag me into this because I've been dying of trying to figure out how to make it work because you know Superman is so iconic of a, of a character, but I didn't know how to do an episode. And you had your school shizzy, which made perfect sense for be for you to do your school work. And yeah. Perfect marriage of two worlds in this case.
0: And you will actually see an article on my new website based on um this podcast. That's right again. I said it. Podcasts. So these episodes. Um, so I will end up linking that article in these show notes. Um
1: it's educational.
0: <laughs> um, so yeah, so we will be talking about Superman um should we also drop who else we will be talking about uh
1: Superman uh Superman and uh, Superman because basically over the next couple of episodes if we, as we do this joint venture it really is about him but different versions of him question mark question because it's him but also not him well it's,
0: it's there's, kinda... there's a version of him that's not technically him because it's a different.
1: Yeah, so wh- so I, I so wh- why don't you explain to them your work project to that that'll help explain to everyone listening um, how I got roped into this.
0: So I wanted to kind of explain attachment theory to sort of laymen. and um, if you listen to my other podcast H Cat with my boys Mark and John, hey guys. Um, I talk a lot about attachment and I'm really into attachment theory. Um, so I really wanted to expand on it and I thought the best way to kind of talk about attachment is with Superman because he honestly is a really great character to talk about attachment with um, because he... He had um, parents who decided to help um, save him. They were going to send him to a different world. So he had a strong enough bond with his parents, Kara, jor and Jorel, el um, to be sent to another planet. And he met the Kents and developed a strong enough attachment with them So that he can become the superhero that he is, Superman. Um, And everybody hates him because he's this um, goody-two-shoes, all-American...
1: Frackin' Boy Scout.
0: Frackin' Boy Scout. Um, But it's because of his attachment to his both biological parents and adoptive parents that he has the morals that he does. Um, so we're not talking about his superpowers. We're talking about the moral um, justifications that he has. It's the um, attachments that he has to his parents. So with different comic book, uh, different comic book versions, not look book.
1: <laughs> <laughs> English is not my strong suit.
0: <laughs> so with different comic book versions of. Superman you'll actually see that that doesn't always happen um we will be talking about Red Sun we will be talking about speeding bullets and then we will be talking about Captain Plutonium with uh the book Irredeemable so which is not by DC that is by
1: that was Boom Studios.
0: Boom Studios. Thank you. That's why I keep him around. He's not just cute. He's got the knowledge, people.
1: if be tell I keep drugging her because I'm not that cute. <laughs> I've met me. No. <laughs> but uh, so for, for, for the comic book fans, my nerds out there and Geek Sweeps, um, there's plenty of YouTube videos and articles based on Superman and the very vast, uh, basically copycats of him. Because when you have someone as strong as he is, um, it's basically like a big pissing contest. You know who's the, who's the strongest character, you know, and they it's great iterations and knockoffs of him. Uh, there's always Sentry that the people bring up. There's Icon, who's basically Black Superman. Um, DC, if you want a Black Superman, I mean just just do freaking Icon. He already has the backstory and everything. Um, DC, just do freaking Icon, and your problem is solved. You don't need, you, need, you don't need to hire someone as Black kal because that'd be just a whole other mess. You have Icon. Do that. Um, yeah, you have Irredeemable. You have, you know, Garth Ennis's version of the on uh, The Boys making fun of Duchess uh, League. You have Homelander. There's plenty of knockoffs based off of him.
0: I will be doing uh, The Boys at some point. <laughs> Trust me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so it's like any problem with uh, a character like Superman, as, as I said earlier, and a lot of people testify to it, it's hard to write a character who's basically God you know, you you have to find a way to humanize him, and it's usually like any good character, a good story will make or break you, which is probably why we've seen so many reboots and retcons throughout the years, because sometimes you just don't have a story. So what we do, we just pff, fucking throw it in the trash, try again, and hopefully it sticks. Uh, this was one of those uh, other world iterations, multiverse shit, to uh, write a story about Superman, get to cheat, play around in the sandbox, and basically have a whole new version of him. So Mm -hmm. sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't work. We've seen plenty of multi-versions of this guy where it just, it sucks. Uh, One of the greatest retcons of all time was after the the death of Superman, we had that weird blue suit. Remember when he was electrical and blue? Yeah, 90s. The fuck, man. So... (laughs) Sometimes, you know, you have to retcon that shit because a lot of fans went, what in the shit is that? This was not, this didn't need a retcon because it wasn't part of the main canon. There's plenty of other World Supermans and we're going to touch on that over the next couple of weeks. And we'll see how that plays out. So, yeah, uh, before we, uh, I guess, get started, make it make this all official. Because this is a joint venture for uh, comic fans out there. Uh, the two things that you should be in your grubby little hands right now outside of the Hellfire Saga, which is still the most ball event of the summer, Um, do get your hands on Venom, number 200 slash, you know, number 35, the 200th issue in the book of Venom. Donnie Cates' epic run is over with Venom. Um, No spoilers yet until the next episode where we're going to talk about spoilers, where uh, a quote-unquote new Venom has officially taken over after the events of King and Black. So uh, you get one week before I got to talk about it. That's all you're getting is one week. So yes, Hellfire Gala, and the book of Venom. Get your hands on that as well. And tying into this, coming up very very soon, you fuckers. Yeah, new Superman as Jonathan Kent takes over as the new Man of and Steel in and, Superman, son of Kal El, coming out. So yes, a new venture in the Superman world.
0: So anything that starts with. Attachment theory, we can start with talking about previous attachment that talks about how all the old theorists thought that attachment was literally just babies looking to their moms to say, hey, mom, are you going to feed me? Bowlby, so Bowlby, of course, was the first one to say it's more than just About food. So, John Bowlby was a British psychologist, um, and he was the first theorist to think that there was something more to attachment. Um, And he was interested in learning about separation and anxiety and distress that children experience when separated from their primary caregivers. So, not just mom, um, grandma, grandpa, whoever was the first who was ever the person who was taking care, care of them the most. So he found out that attachment was characterized by the clear behavioral and motivation patterns. So that's more about like when children are frightened, they'll seek proximity to, so closeness to whoever their primary caregiver. So whoever was the one who cared for them the most. It wasn't about food. It was whoever was the one who comforted them the most, whoever was the one who gave them love, who gave them affection. It had nothing to do with the food. Um, Mary Ainsworth started joining Bowlby, um, and she joined him in the 70s, and she was the one who brought up the strange situation. She ref- she was the one who revealed um, the effects of attachment on behavior, um, and she kind of started stuttering, studying I'm the one who stutters. Well, so does this one here. Sometimes. Um, she started studying um, effects on children between the ages of 12 and 18 months and how they kind of felt when they were left alone and then re- reunited with their mothers. After a while, so she started to figure out the major style attachments. So she figured secure attachment, ambivalent insecure attachment, and avoidant insecure attachment. So a lot of studies later in life started kind of adding more. So a fourth one was uh, disorganized or insecure attachment, which was later added on by um, Maine and Solomon. And that was like later on in the 80s. So we're going to talk more about those styles of attachment when we get into Red Sun, because that actually has to do with more on
1: me. Yay, me. And Superman. So let's paint this picture for you lovely listeners out there. So Superman Red Sun was part of the Elseworlds imprint. This began in 2003 by Mark Miller, who is a a comic god writer to, to many of us. Uh, he's, he's worked in DC, he's worked in Marvel, that includes Swamp Thing, Judge Dread, of course, Superman, duh, we're doing that right now. Uh, he's on The Flash, Ultimate Fantastic Four, uh, among many of his works. He was responsible for launching the Ultimate X-Men line when Marvel decided to launch that Ultimate line uh, not so long, long ago. He's responsible for The Ultimates with Brian Hitch. The Ultimates were basically the Avengers, just called the Ultimates in the Ultimate Universe. He's also responsible for Civil War, Old Man Logan, uh, how good is uh Mark Miller? He started his own production, Miller World Production. So, if you don't know what that is, I'm pretty sure many of you have been to the movies because before the apocalypse, we all went to the movies. So, if we didn't read these books, you at least know the movies. They're all based on books he wrote. That includes Wanted, that includes Kick-Ass, Kingsman, Jupiter's Legacy, which unfortunately just got cancelled on Netflix after one season, but still, that's his work. Empress and Reborn, all part of the the Miller World brand. So even if you don't know the books, you know the movies, all based off of Miller's work. He's a multiple-time Eisner Award winner. And when it comes to uh, Red Sun, which we're going to cover uh, in a few minutes, it's basically, what is Superman crash-landed in the USSR instead of the Ken family farm in the U.S.? Now, the interview that happened with Mark Miller, um, so Red Sun for him is based on a thought that, that uh, fitted through his head when he read Superman number 300, way back when, as a six-year-old, it was an imaginary story where Superman's rocket landed in a neutral waters between the U.S. and the USSR, and both sides were rushing to claim the baby. So as a kid growing up in the shadow of the Cold War, the notion of what might have been if the Soviets had reached him first just seemed fascinating to me. So that was when he was younger. Eventually, he put pen to paper, and then, of course, gives us Red Sun. So before we dive into it officially, a couple of noble changes to help you uh, get used to this. Uh, Lois Lane, she's still there. In this world, she's still working at the Daily Bugle. However, she is romantically linked with Lex Luthor. Marries him. So it's Lois Luthor. Get used to that because that's going to be pretty important throughout this freaking series. And Jimmy Olsen is not just a beat reporter. He's not that. He is a CIA agent. So those are some big differences in this world versus what we know of Superman through, uh, of course, the Christopher Reeve movies, of course, the Man of Steel we see now, and Justice League. So now that we have that picture painted, let's look at some other things that are going to feed this version of Superman, which is why um, it's fascinating to me to to do Red Sun. It's fascinating for you to listen to Red Sun and the lovely Kitty here (laughs) telling you uh, how (laughs) mentally uh, different... And emotionally different, this guy very much is versus our true blue, you know, Boy Scout. So the plot points of this are as follows. This story is going to be decades long. This is is going to begin in 1953. At that time, in the real world, the U.S. was in the post-World War II boon. And it was the early years of the Cold War and civil rights movements in the U.S. That's very important because, again, this is going to be... Our boy in the USSR, not not in uh, good old USA. Keep that in mind. So, the U.S. had the world's strongest military power, as they were the last to join World War II, and weren't nearly as ravaged as opposed to other countries. So, between 1945 and 1960, the gross national product more than doubled, growing from 200 billion to more than 500 billion. It kicked off the golden age of American capitalism. Most of this increase came from government spending, the construction of interstate highways and schools, the distribution of veterans' benefits, and most of the increase in military spending on goods like airplanes and new technologies, like computers. We love computers. It all contribute to the decade's economic growth. So rates of unemployment and inflation were so low, and wages were high. So when you have that, people can spend money, and when people can spend money. It just feeds the middle class. The middle class people had more money to spend than ever. And to this day, still ranks that amongst any other generation. And because of the variety and availability of consumer goods, expanded along with the economy. They also had more things to buy again. So that is the world that this Superman is going to just totally take a big poop on and just completely rewrite history. So here we go. Let's do this. It begins with President Eisenhower regretting to inform the U.S. citizens. Legitimately regret to inform him. That's what he says on TV as this thing begins. That, quote, the Soviet authorities have released to the world secret government pictures of a costumed individual more effective than their own hydrogen bomb. An alien Superman committed to communist ideals whose very existence threatened to alter our positions as a world superpower. Eisenhower is briefed on his powers. Super hearing, impenetrable skin. Eyes that can see through walls and fire laser beams. So obviously they want to know where he's from. He's apparently from a collective farm somewhere in the Ukraine, not in Kansas. Big freaking difference. U.S. sources say an alien ship crash landed some 30 years ago, and he was raised on a simple farming ground where he was found. Just think, Agent Olsen says, if that rocket had landed 12 hours earlier, this Superman they're talking about would have been an American citizen. And throughout the first opening pages of the of Red Sun, we get the uh it's a bird, it's a plane, you know, the whole propaganda shit we've seen and grown grown accustomed to throughout the years is played on TV, but it's played on Russian TV, so it's a hardcore uh, communist propaganda machine. Superman, strange visitor from another world, who can change the course of mighty rivers, Ben steel in his bare hands, and and who As champion of the common worker, fights in a never-ending battle for Stalin, socialism, and the international expansion of the Warsaw Pact. Gotta be a nerd. Well, not comic book nerd, but our actual... History buff. History buff nerd. Because why is the Warsaw Pact important for this story? And that's because of this. The Warsaw Pact was created in reaction to the integration of West Germany into NATO in 1955 per the London and Paris Conferences of 1954. The Warsaw Pact was established as a balance of power or a counterweight to NATO. Now, although the Soviets claimed that the organization was a, a, a defensive alliance, it, let's face facts here, it soon <laughs> became very, very clear that the primary purpose of the Pact was to reinforce communist dominance in Eastern Europe. Remember, I mean, this is Cold War time, so yes, this is all about uh, my dick is bigger than yours, more than anything else. <laughs> <laughs> So Eisenhower, quote, says the feds, the army, and the CIA are all officially obsolete boys and girls. Go get me Dr. Lex Luthor on the phone. The Cold War just evolved into a whole new level. So right off the bat, we see differences, not just the world at large, but where he grew up. So we know Superman grew up in boring Kansas. Sorry, Kansas, you're fucking boring. You're cool and all but you're boring. And here, our boy grows up in a collective farm in the Ukraine. Again, and this is during the Cold War time, so I guess this is for you, Kitty. How differently can that drastically affect We could, we could be talking U.S. capitalism versus um, Stalinism at that.
0: So what we would know for sure is that, and and again, this is based off the fact that what we know... Based on, and I'm going to kind of modge podge several Superman movies. So I'm going to go with the 70s slash 80s Superman, Christopher Reeve movies. And the new Superman, Man of Steel, was it? Movie?
1: Yep. Yep.
0: Um, when Superman was a boy, he was raised sort of in solitude, in quiet in Kansas led to be told hide your powers keep it a secret um but help people if you can sort of because martha kent was always always told him to be helpful to people to a point be helpful to people as a human boy jonathan kent be helpful to people as a human boy so still be helpful but hide your powers um now jonathan kent in the newer movies we know and jonathan kent also what we're going to say we're going to include the uh oh my god what was that tv show called with Somebody tom wells
1: save me.
0: Yes, that was the theme song, honey, but that's not the name of the TV
1: show. It should have been.
0: Tomwell Smallville. Smallville. <laughs> I don't know why I couldn't remember that name. Smallville. It's where he's from, Smallville. Yeah. <laughs> um. So with Smallville, he was very much told, hide your powers, hide your powers, make sure nobody knows about your powers. Um. So even though he... Fooled around with his powers. Jonathan Kent made sure nobody knew about his powers. Um, And even in the newer movies, when we're talking about his powers, um, Jonathan Kent kind of made it seem like his powers were a bad thing. Yes, it was out of fear that they were going to lose him. But that can be damaging to a child, too. Be anybody but who you are. Um, which can cause an unhealthy attachment to that parent, but a very healthy attachment to Martha Kent, which is the reason why he had such a great attachment to her. Um, later on, we see that he did have a good attachment with Jonathan Kent, but they were protective of him. They made sure he had a good childhood. They made sure he was protected. They made sure his needs were met um and they made sure he lived like a child that was what they wanted to make sure of no matter what he got to live the life of a child um so we get to see that in all those movies all those te- those television shows and even in some comic books um i'm going to look at my 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 cheat sheet cheat um, sheets are oh,
1: cheat sheets are yeah. awesome
0: Action Comics, number one and two, and honestly, Superboy number two, which is June 1949. You can actually get it on the DC app if you have access to it. DC can, Universe. The DC Universe app. You can read it. Um, they show you his childhood. Um, so you can honestly get, like, a ton of great resources of how Superman's... Childhood was and see how well he was attached to Martha Kent and Jonathan Kent Now Superman in the Cold War era in a communist farm We don't know too much about how he's raised there Other than it's a communist farm um, They're pretty much you're given a certain amount of food um, it's very much this is the ration that you're given um, and he's probably told to use his powers to help uh, plow the lands. You're, he's told to use his powers to de- protect the people. Um, so he will probably be used right off the bat as a child. Um, so he probably did not have the childhood that he had as a child in Kansas?
1: Well, uh, I'm, I'm going to quote uh, my old, as dirt now, lover to death, uh, high school teacher, Macy's Ghidra, when I first learned about communism. And the great quote was communism in its purest form is evil. So you take communism at its face value, it's bad. There, there, there is no good uh, version of it, much like socialism. So this version of soups, uh, much like the other iterations, does not start developing his powers up until puberty starts, rearing its ugly head. You know, super pimples, that I mean, he pops them, you know, pretty much destroying walls.
0: That's gross.
1: I made that up, but I, <laughs> I, I, I could totally believe that actually actually happening. His, his first robot must have been disastrous for that toilet. But, anyways.
0: Oh my God.
1: You're welcome. But for this version of him, uh, he grows up semi the same the same aspect of he grew up on the farm and because of this version of socialism and stalinism it's all about the collective um we all eat the same because it all must go to the government the government is great as long as everyone gets their fair share we're fine of course again in its purest form it doesn't work out that way so growing up he had the farm experience well, socialism version of it, anyway, Stalinism in this in this case.
0: In other words, he didn't get his fair share because most of it will go to the government to feed. Yes. The military, the government workers, and things like that. The farmers will be left with whatever they feel is necessary to feed that family.
1: Yes, and and then when his powers did, did start to manifest, he was very scared because there was really no one there to really guide him with what he was going through. He was found by the military, and then from there, it was all about uh, Stalinism. Uh, he grew up believing in Stalinism the same way other iterations. He grew up believing in capitalism, which helps feed to this story. So he grows up totally believing in Stalinism from the get-go. That being said, uh, the next part of this is very important for us as we go through the story. It's monologued. This entire Red Sun 3-issue run is monologued Buy soups, and as you read this, he—you read it—he's very—I don't want to say arrogant.
0: He's arrogant. Okay,
1: he's arrogant. But it's—it's it's, whatever the next step of arrogance is. I think is—is is, is it because he just way he talks to us, the—the the, the reader is like, well, this stuff happened, this stuff happened, and like I can almost see him with his pinky out in the air, going, "You filthy little humans, I'm so far beyond you." Because as he monologues the entire story to us, you know, and this is the part we'll, look up, we'll dive back into, um, he's monologuing it to us from a, uh, a future perspective. And he mentions he does things for the good of people, regardless of nations, through his beliefs the, being rooted in, um, in Stalinism. And that the entire thing, again, I want to say it again because it's very important, he's monologuing to us from, that all these events already happened. And when we get to the end, you can see what a, what a mind job it is. So Lex Luthor. In this world, it's still Lex Luthor, brilliant, brilliant guy. But he's he's probably stabbed a few people on his way to the top. And he's setting up accidents in the USSR and the USA to test Superman's reaction time and speeds, and also to collect data from uh, DNA um, from him. During one of these accidents, the Daily Globe, as in every freaking iteration possible, the Globe decides to fall on Lois Lane, but he stops it. Quote from our future uh, D bag. They call me a soldier, but that was never true. I was never a soldier. A soldier always follows orders. A soldier knows and hates his enemy. Only fights and dies for his people. I just fought for what was right. Centuries later, after a thousand interpretations of this meeting, famous poets would write an alternative history of the world where Lois, Loth- where Lois Luthor and I became lovers like how's that like not like poking us like right in the face laughing laughing at us going ha ha in this world we don't bang but pretty sure somewhere else we do so right off the bat he's already poking fun of us at you know an alternate multiverse we know what ends up happening but here no lois it's lois Luthor, banging lex poor girl i feel for her so moving the story along, it is in, of course, the USSR, Joseph Stalin is in the middle of a budding schism with Peter Rosloff, one of Stalin's many, 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 many illegitimate sons, not Genghis Khan illegitimate, many, but he's, he's competing, and current head of the NKVD, the People's uh, Commissionate for Internal Affairs. I don't know how they got that abbreviation because it's not even close.
0: But... It's it's the Russian letters.
1: Yeah. So, um, but for me, reading it, it's like that's not even close. But kudos to you guys. <laughs> what and uh, yeah, I, I I couldn't figure that out. Thank you for because when I first read that, I was like, how does that make sense? So it's
0: it's Russian letters and the Russian uh the, the Russian words.
1: Yeah, they 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 feel their own Russian English, anyways. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. All right. so Peter Roslov is angry because by all accounts they are not sure how long Superman may live why is that important because he was being groomed since he was eight years old to take over Stalin once he passes away but with Superman um in firm position and his, you know he's super strong speed and everything and they don't and basically invulnerable to everything on they throw at him he's pretty much gonna take over and that pisses off Piotr now Stalin cares very little for this he wants superman to be in charge and lets peter know that to watch his back that he's just one of many illegitimate children of his so even pops is like listen i can make another one of you
0: that's just messed
1: up it's just messed up
0: I'm i'm assuming this is kind of one of those ones where we go i wonder what that family dinner
1: looks like huh let's find out <laughs> so at at a it's at a dinner party, Stalin is meeting with Hera on Themyscira, aligning, tr- trying to get Themyscira to align with the USSR, but hesitant because, as Hera points out to Stalin, that the USSR has a very less than stellar human rights record. Um, they they may be you know on the outside looking in, but even they're like mm, this looks shady. It's here Wonder Woman meets Superman at this party and is immediately smitten with him. To meet a man that's like her and not a small mortal because she's towering over everyone at this dinner party. So for all you got tall guys, look it down at girls. It's like that, but in reverse. So moving this along, Superman is talking with Piotr Rosloff. I'm going to keep doing that because I like, like doing that. Who does not attend this party. He comes clean to him about some of the awful things he has done. And this is going to be important for us later on. That includes killing Two anti-Superman dissidents during a purge, leaving only the boy alive. Quote, the boy could have been no more than nine years old, but his glare would have stopped the clock ticking. I shot his parents. What does that do to a boy, Superman? I don't know, Cat. What do you think that's going to do to a boy?
0: Um, you've killed his parents. Honestly, that can cause a lot of trauma. Um... That can cause a lot of anger. That can cause.
1: (laughs) That could cause foreshadowing. (laughs) Yeah, I mean,
0: it's gonna cause a lot. I mean, it depends. Where is this? I mean, this kid can definitely, definitely decide I'm gonna stay on this anti Superman bandwagon. And instead of being completely traumatized, I mean, he still is probably traumatized, especially if you watched his parents get murdered. Um, so we know fight, flight, and freeze. But there's faint, uh, which people kind of forget.
1: Um, Yeah, he didn't do that. Quote, so- quote, a glare that could have... Stop the clock ticking. I don't want to meet that boy. So he
0: <laughs> probably would have gone into fight mode if he would have known he was going to survive. But uh, if he can get some information on Superman...
1: Hmm. Is that foreshadowing thing again? Yep. Mm-hmm. Careful what you do, folks. That shit can bite you in the ass later. Speaking of which, let's move the story along now once again. Now, Stalin dies from a apparent cyanide poison. And it's at this time that Superman initially refuses command of the Communist Party.
0: By the way, Stalin actually does die from cyanide poisoning people.
1: Yes. So we're using a lot of... Mark Miller uses a lot of real world events to paint the picture of this first issue before it moves moves on. So here we find out that later on that uh, Piotr does find out the guy responsible who did... um, poison his dad and he had him shot in red square in full public view obviously this is a a a fear tactic make sure no one dares try anything that stupid again according to them and at this time the u.s government decides to capitalize on stalin's death they go decide to really up their ante on the nuclear threat to contain communism and obviously it's more about superman more than anything else so Soup's monologues, he can hear them and knows their plans, but did not wish to be the leader of the Stalin regime, referring to the people behind him, politics not being his scene. He just wants to help his comrades and nothing more. He completely believes in Stalinism more than anything else. So when we were discussing this before doing the podcast, it was always, you know, how different will he be from the regular Supes we, we all know and love, freaking Boy Scout, but is it a what's what's the person looking for is it like a taught thing or is it well was it always in him you know to be this good person
0: so it's nature versus, versus nurture people um and everybody said like superman was this is completely nature that superman was this boy scout and it just kind of comes out in him that he's going to be this boy scout and no, it seems that it was completely nurture. The Kents made him the way he was.
1: Um, I, I would say it's a definitely a little bit of that's just his nature because we can poop on Stalinism all we want because it's bad. And, and again, I'm going to say again. I'm going to steal it from Mrs. Deidre. Um, the line she taught me when I was in high school. In its purest form, it's evil. If you look at it from a systematic standpoint, it makes sense. You you know, the collective gets enough of what they need and the rest goes to our military to make sure we're safe. But obviously, that's not what they did. They pretty much just ran the country poor and everything, every red cent pretty much went to the government at large and military. So if you're looking at it, he's pretty much doing what he did in the U.S. and Kansas. I'm all about the people. I want to make sure everyone has the same thing. However, this version of it is Stalinism, which, um kind of leaves the whole country kind of fucking dirt poor
0: so you're not saying his his boy scout his uh morals are uh his natural tendencies you're saying the way he uh attaches on to a per uh to the collective's viewpoint is his natural
1: yeah i i guess i guess that, that that makes sense because he grew up in kansas and you know
0: the U.S. Yeah. is capitalism and the American way, and, and
1: he and he totally embodied it, um, heart and soul. And, and with the Kents, you know, mm-hmm. you know, you mentioned it already, um, hide your powers but do good mm-hmm. and everything else. Um, this version of him was, oh, you have all these powers, and he believed in Stalinism as as a kid growing up, and then when he found out he had powers, he was groomed by Stalin himself. Mm-hmm. So he believes in it wholeheartedly. So he pretty much embodied almost the same exact thing, but in a very different manner, basically. it's like, I'm here for the people. However, dude, you're bankrupting the basic people, and that's going to change his uh, worldview um, in a little bit. So referring to his uh, superiority as a specimen, he says, quote, I'm, I'm sorry, comrades, but the very idea of this you know, taking over of the regime is in complete contradiction to everything we were raised to believe in. So right then and there, he's already like, listen, um, I'm superior, but that's not what I was taught. I was taught the collective is more important than anything else, which is complete Stalinism. But again, he's looking to do it for the collective. Meanwhile, everyone else is like, no, you have power. You're supposed to use it. He doesn't believe that. He believes in the collective. And then the fun begins. So it's at this time, the U.S. government sponsored by Lex Luthor, sends Superman 2. We see Bizarro engaging to kill Superman. Bizarro, I love you, Bizarro. Sea lab, sea lab, (laughs) yeah. I'm going to watch that after this is over. (laughs) Bizarro, I love you, Bizarro. All right, so Superman monologues, quote, the duplication is imperfect. A crude effort, compared to Lex's later work. So, we get to see more of Superman being very arrogant in what he believes uh, are lesser specimens to him. Um, the duel does cause a accident, an accidental nuclear launch, a missile launch in Great Britain. Here's where it gets interesting for our future douchebag. The clone sacrifices itself to save millions, first freezing Superman, then grabbing the missile into space before it detonates. The decision still stumps Superman to this day. Those, that, that That's his own words. Luthor, at this time, you know what? Uh, he doesn't take losing very well. Nope. Does not take losing very well. So, alright, I send Bizarro 2 to kill Superman and uh end this communis- this, this uh, alien thing and end communism. How, how do I deal with this? He decides to murder his entire research team at Star Labs and then officially decides to launch Luthor Corp, dedicating his life to destroying Superman.
0: Well, wow, this sounds oddly familiar.
1: Hmm, it does, doesn't it? <laughs> so here's where it, it gets interesting as it as the issue ends once again. So, however, a chance with Lana Lorzanko, basically the Russian version of, of of Lana Lane, his childhood sweetheart, changes his mind. So she spends all her money to a, to attend Stalin's funeral with her kids. And now has to queue up to go home with no money or food because everyone had to be at this funeral to pay respects. Because that's, again, how they were raised in this Stalin regime, this Marxism machine. So Superman demands someone give her and the kids food and patrons notice and ask for food as well. Where Lana goes, it's okay, Superman. It's not your fault. It's just the way the system works, you know. You can't take care of everyone's problems. Tapping into that Boy Scout problem of his. He chooses to use his powers for the greater good. However, though, he's still believing in communism and Stalin's basic communist teachings. Decides to turn his country into utopia based on communist ideas, which sounds absolutely freaking wonky. It, it spits right in the face of uh, anyone waving a red, white, and blue flag in the States. But that's what happened. So by 1978... With Superman in charge of communist Stalinism taught communism, the U.S. is in is on the verge of a social collapse. Where the Soviet Union has peacefully, quote unquote, expanded its influence to every corner of the globe under Superman's communism. Only the U.S. and Chile refuse to to bow to Superman's rule.
0: Yeah, it's it's kind of bonkers because uh, kind of think of hippies. Um, and that's where you're kind of going—the commune sort of aspect. Uh, you're trading things for other things, and that's that's where it works. But it's on a worldwide sort of aspect, and Superman made it work. But he made it work. It's it's not peaceful. It's peaceful.
1: It's, it's insert
0: fe- bunny ears here. Yeah.
1: It, it's it's more fear peaceful because the, the strongest being on the planet pretty much said, well, you have two options. You can either join or he can just point overseas at the U.S. that's floundering ghosts or you can be like them on the verge of social collapse. Yeah. So that is the first issue of Red Sun. So now we've seen um, some monologuing from Supes. Um, he thinks nothing of Lex's first creation. Is a clone of of him. Though he admits though later on his his stuff does get better. He's full blown into Stalinism. And uh, in, co- in the communist life, and the U.S. is uh taking it on the chin, pretty freaking bad. So with that, we move on to the second issue in Red Sun that is titled Ascendant. So now, Luther plans to shrink Moscow. But this plan falls flat on his face when his partner in crime, in crime his accomplice Brainiac, shrinks Stalingrad instead.
0: Stalingrad.
1: Stalingrad said, My apologies, because I can't read. <laughs> so Superman retrieves both Brainiac's central processing unit and the tiny city, putting an end to the very short-lived brainiac Luther collaboration. However, he's unable to restore Stalingrad and its inhabitants to their proper size. Now, this is also a bit of foreshadowing as well because this is noted early on that it's one of his greatest failures and source of guilt uh, later in life. Quote, I often look back upon those days and wonder what might, ha- what might he have accomplished, referring to Luther, without me. The triumphs he might have achieved in the name of his species. So it's at this point, Superman essentially becomes Big Brother. You basically get in line or else with the introduction of a brain surgery technique that turns dissidents into obedient drones or Superman robots. So basically join me or get lobotomized. That's pretty much what he's uh, offering, which could be worse. He could just, you know, laser zap you like Homelander and just walk away. At least he gives, you know, the the ability to keep living.
0: Didn't we see that in another Superman comic book,
1: though? Uh, Well, we we also refer to uh, uh, Ultraman. from the the crime syndicate, the the evil version of him as well. Uh, Because that guy was just an absolute prick as well.
0: No, there was a Superman one. Superman Injustice.
1: Ah, yes. The the, the game that became a comic book. That was (laughs)
0: it. That was it.
1: Yeah. Spoilers, I'm still missing my volume one of Injustice. (laughs) I had it. I don't know where it is. It's killing the inside. I will find that book. I will find it. It will be mine. Oh, yes. It will be mine. So here is a little bit different um, aspects of Superman's world versus Stalin, where Stalin was simply killed you if you didn't join. Superman decides to subjugate through science. So now Superman now works with Wonder Woman to save lives as well as govern the Soviet state. So he's still superheroing, which is really, um, I guess, bizarre to anyone who uh, thinks Russian communists, you know, that kind of world. Is, it's, it's always just going to beat you into the ground natural disasters uh, exploding warehouses and and whatnot um he's still saving the day
0: so he still has his moral so his quote unquote moral high ground he still has his belief that he was destined destined to save people um and he does so with his abilities but
1: yeah, he, But he's. He, but it, it's. It's still very weird, uh, looking through these pages and seeing that that iron symbol <laughs> flying through the air, and it, and kudos to the artists, too, because we, 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 when you look at Superman in the books, um, it's soups, It's the square jaw. You know, you think of all Americana, but this this slight little cuts in the cheeks, mm-hmm. slight little cuts in the necks, to give you this this impression that it's it's uh, the stereotypical Russian. Look versus that that American bar.
0: Well, it's Look. also the the he he is feeding into his own beliefs of Stalinism. So even though because he is he doesn't believe he is a soldier, he will eat the same amount that is deemed by him necessary. So he may not be eating as much. As he sh- quote unquote should.
1: So, what about this arrogant version of him as well? Because, uh, like I said, he's he monologues throughout this entire thing, and he, um, it, when you read it, it really feels like he's really above it all somehow. And like, and one of those things are when it comes to Wonder Wonder Woman, especially because she's becoming increasingly enamored with him as as they do their adventures. But he sees her basically, quote, as a comrade, and is completely oblivious to her having feelings for him. And he admits later, though, that he that he was unbelievably blind. And let's say, you know, poor Diana. I mean, I'm guilty of, of of this too. I've literally been been told by my best friend is like I've literally seen people hand you, you know, their hoo ha, and you're like, oh, thank you, you dropped this, like <laughs> completely oblivious to what to, to the world around me. And he. Is in such of, like, I need to do this. Not because, you know, it's the right thing to do, but he's like, I, I have a greater purpose.
0: So that would be based on the fact that there is an insecure attachment. um, And because of this, he doesn't know how to create another attachment. There wasn't any um, display of affection in his home to show... This is how an attachment is created. There is no show of affection to show, oh, this is what it feels like to, you know, to develop an affection towards someone else. So for him to see those displays of affection, it looks kind of odd. He can see it. It's on display, but it's not something that he understands. The other thing with a insecure attachment also develops sort of a lack of empathy or a lack of sympathy. He's, we can see he has a sympathetic, um, almost, for lack of better terms, nodule. There's something there that says, oh, I should be sympathetic to these people, but he doesn't even see them as his people. He sees, he sees them as creatures. He calls... Uh, he, he's called them creatures, right?
1: As, uh, as, for lack of a better words, yes. Yeah. yeah citizens, you know, C- quote-unquote. Yeah, he's
0: called... But, you know... Uh, he's called uh, Lex Luthor... Uh, and when he's working for the human... For, for human beings... The species... Meaning, he doesn't see himself as part of the species. When he, Clark Kent, and I'm specifically going to talk about Clark Kent, talks about himself, he talks about himself as a human being. He doesn't talk to him, talk about himself as um, someone from another planet. Uh, another planet, planet. Oh my God! I don't know why that word <laughs> didn't come out. He doesn't talk about himself as another planet. Um, from another planet. He talks about himself as a person who comes from the planet Earth. He talks about himself as a human being.
1: I, I think another thing, too, is that he's so ingrained with this um, this ideal of Stalinism and this version of uh, Stalinism's uh, version of communism that it's, it's all about the collective more than anything else. So so he he's putting himself in... This, it seems like he's putting himself in this position where it's all about this. That...
0: But even when he does, it's all about this. It's all about this, but I'm above yeah. them. So he's classified himself as all about Stalinism, but he's not a human about Stalinism. He's Superman about Stalinism.:
1: And we, which is which is weird because we, we saw in the last issue, you know, he pushed back so hard wanting to take the reins because, you know, he was so superior, you know, from a physical standpoint. And that's not what he uh, believed in. However, thanks to Lana, she's like, well, you know, that's just how the system works. Yeah. And then and then he goes, you know what? I can make this system better.
0: Exactly. So now it's become more of almost, it's so weird because it's become sort of a humanistic approach of Stalinism but without the humanistic feel because he still doesn't view himself as human. So he's doesn't have the empathy that he gained from um, the Kents. So one of the things that we see from Bowlby that we see from Siegel that we see from Ainsworth um, is that when you're, talking about attachment you gain empathy as a child that's one of the main things you see that your parents come your your parents care for you um as soon as you start crying you know they come they care for you they check your diaper they give you a bottle they give you a pacifier they pick you up they console you and this is how you know that these are the things of an empathetic human. So even the Kent did this for Clark. So what happened on this farm in the USSR that Superman didn't get this? Because we also don't know his name in Red Son, by the way. So, so he always talked about himself as Superman.
1: Yeah, so we... we- the only part we really know about him is that he, he, he mentions that he grew up on the farm. Nice folks. But again, he grew up in, in communist, you know, USSR. So uh, the part with empathy is going to bite him in the ass almost immediately. But let's play some foreshadowing. We mentioned that, that poor boy that that uh, Piotr shot. Well, folks, the goddamn Batman appears in the USSR in opposition to Superman's communist rule. And, of course, is branded a terrorist. He's blowing up Superman and Superman Wonder Woman museums and anything symbolizing Superman's rule overall. Now, now Pyotr has now advanced to being the head of the KGB. And he's imploring Superman to allow for the Batman to be killed. But he is refusing. He doesn't believe in Stalin's way of capital punishment, which does not sit well with Pyotr. So why is that important? Because moving the story along, the Batman kidnaps Piotr and makes him an offer that he simply just can't refuse, and that's to kill Superman. Now, we know that uh, Piotr did not like the idea of Superman taking over for Stalin. He, he wanted it to be him because he was been groomed since he was eight, year old, eight years old to take over. So he agrees because he wants Superman long fucking gone. He wants him in the ground. He wants him in space. He basically just wants him not on this planet, not breathing. So he agrees to this. However, there is a, a hitch in this plan. So, Peter assumes that he will take over, but Batman lets him know that Peter will be worse a ruler than Superman. So even though we have this utopia going on right now, the Batman still recognizes that Peter will be a worse ruler than Soup's. Therefore, once Superman is gone... He is going to go after Pyotr as well. So for distinction purposes, Batman does not believe in America at all. He does not believe in capitalism. He simply believes Superman's rule of totalitarian oppression must end. Because again, we've seen throughout the first uh, issue and a half, it's all about join me or else. He's not killing you, but he will turn you into a uh, basically drone. He's he's, going to lobotomize you. And the Batman lets uh, Peter know, quote, I swear on the memory of my mother and father, you're going to follow him, being Superman, to an early grave. So this Batman, obviously, is the boy that survived.
0: Dun, dun, dun. So, Killed in an alley because they were robbed for pearls. <laughs> oh, sorry. Wrong, wrong, wrong Batman.
1: One, wrong, wrong Batman. All right. Cool. Cool, cool. But, now but, that we're on the right story. Go ahead. i on the right story. But... <laughs> So now now when it comes to what Kathy was mentioning about empathy, about biting uh, soups in the butt, here's where it goes, here's where it starts happening. Now the plan does go well. They decide to use Wonder Woman as a bait and tying her up in her own lasso. Now, using some red lamps to recreate a red sun effect, they do weaken Superman and capture him and place him in underground um, bunker and installing camp. Now, Superman, knowing Wonder Woman, can hear him with it with her superior hearing, again, she's a you know basically a demigod convinces her to break free of the lasso with whatever it takes to do so and destroy the generators running the lamps emitting the solar energy. She does, at a cost. She severely injures herself in the process, and Superman's powers obviously return. Knowing Superman was going to lobotomize him and turn him into a robot, Batman kills himself as a martyr to his cause. That will play out also later on as well. So before dying, Superman lets... Uh, Superman know, I'm sorry. Batman let Superman know that it was LexCorp that provided the lamps, and it was ultimately Piotr who helped him, that helped set the trap to capture him and subdue him. Now Piotr is turned for into Superman robot as a reward for turning against Superman. And Wonder Woman, at this point, no longer has feelings for Superman because basically he used her, has had no problem using her as he shows little to no regard for her injured condition as her hair turns white from the effects of breaking free from the lasso. So, you mentioned empathy and lack thereof. All he cared about was breaking free to subdue the Batman.
0: So basically, he cared about himself.
1: Yes. He cared about the greater good, which was his continued rule and this utopia that he was creating.
0: Oh my gosh, it's possible he may be developing... A uh, small uh, problem here. If I would know better, and I might not, I may see some signs of a small problem, like some narcissistic tendencies playing out.
1: Well, considering his monologuing, yeah, <laughs> it's very much so. It's at this point. At this point, Lex Luther reveals to President Kennedy that another alien crashed on Earth roughly the same time as Superman. We know it to be Aban Sor, but in this universe, there's no knowledge of him. They have the ring and the lantern, another potential weapon to fight Superman. So now, for those of you who are a little bit lax in your DC knowledge, Aban Sor.
0: Oh my God, Green Lantern people.
1: Yes. Read a
0: comic book.
1: That's right. The really really unfortunate movie with Ryan Reynolds, which should have been way better, but damn it, that's all we got because Mark Strong as Sinestro was amazing. (laughs) But yes, the Green Lantern Corps will make an appearance in this in some form. But yes, it was Abansur who crash landed. Now, a reprogrammed Pyotr reveals to a high-ranking official in Moscow that a new command center controlled by Superman's now reprogrammed Brainiac machine will be Moscow's day-to-day affairs will be monitored and controlled. Superman is in the process now of officially building his Fortress of Solitude. And that ends issue number two of Red Sun.
0: It is so scary. I I don't... So, we don't see any empathy with him. And I'm not saying he has narcissistic personality traits. I'm saying he... Uh, I'm not saying he has narcissistic personality disorder. I'm saying he has traits of a narcissistic... Of narcissistic... Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Rewind all of that. He Word. has... <laughs> he has narcissistic traits. Um, he is, he has plans of grandeur. He finds himself more important than those around him. Um, yeah, it is all about him and no one else. And he puts his needs above everybody else's. Um, yeah, those are some of the traits of a narcissist. Um, he will hurt those to get his needs met, definitely. Um, it's kind of sad that Diana felt so powerfully about about him, and the lariat of truth is a very powerful weapon for her, and she destroyed it to break out of it for him.
1: And she, he really did not care about care for care for her at all. He, he mentioned it. He mentioned it also early in the issue. It's yeah. like, you know, completely oblivious to it all. Yeah. And, you know, she believed wholeheartedly in his ideals of, of the world that he was creating. So like from a professional standpoint and from an emotional standpoint, she, she, she was all in. Like she, if, if she could buy a stock of Superman, she would have, she was all in. So, but for two issues now, we, we, we seen a, a, a very different version of him. Like he, he you see he's doing good, quote unquote, but he's doing good in a way that's pretty much um, damning anyone that opposes him. Pretty much. Uh, he, It wasn't him that created the Batman, but basically by this Batman uh, dying as a martyr, there are basically the Batman running around um, parts of Russia and around the world in dispute of this totalitarian rule. He lost a valuable asset in Wonder Woman, so that means you just lost their mascara. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm going to lose out on a whole island of hot chicks. Thanks, Superman. You're an asshole. <laughs> you're the best.
0: Thanks. I hated it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and now in issue three, the setting, um, we see a lot of his mistakes are going to come back once again uh to really uh destroy his whole world. Uh, the first one we saw in issue 2 was, you know, the creation of the Batman that that created the mar- that died for as a martyr and losing Wonder Woman. So now this began in the during the Cold War. We're now in the year 2001. We have 6 billion communists on Earth. However,
0: wait wait wait. wait. So this is in the future but in the past for us.
1: Yes. <laughs> Damn time loops. <laughs> Foreshadowing. So yes, the year so two thousand and one. We now have six billion communists on Earth. Mostly no one is unhappy. It's a very uh every every adult has a job, every child has a hobby, and the entire human population enjoyed the full eight hours their buyers required. Crime didn't exist, accidents pretty much never happened, and it didn't even rain unless Brainiac was absolutely certain that every citizen was carrying an umbrella. These are legitimately future Superman's words of this utopia he has built. Uh, Brainiac, rebuilt, quote-unquote, by Superman, has helped the population basically be living in a utopia. Brainiac, Brainiac even suggests that invading America and just forcing them to submit to their way of life it will pretty much make it absolutely perfect. Here's where, I guess, for us, and mostly you, Kathy, uh, your, uh, your, brain, your great mind can weigh in on this. Mm-hmm. Uh, Superman still refuses. He says, quote, America will fall... Both, like every other outdated world economy, all I have to do is wait and pick up the pieces. But at this time, America is essentially a war zone. Uh, with Just think of, like, Detroit on steroids. It's It's gone, folks. It's absolutely, positively the pits. Famine, riots, lawlessness, it has completely ravaged the U.S. by this time.
0: So, I mean, he essentially wants people to choose him um goes back to that narcissistic uh traits the charm that someone has when they're narcissistic it's they want to be chosen they want you to feel that They've been saved by you. It's a... Super, uh, and, and narcissistic personality disorder. Um, again, I'm not saying Superman has this. Um, he does show a lot of traits in this. Um, but there's almost that, like... He wants to be a savior. And you see that supreme gaslighting. We're going to wait until that last minute when America is just so overboard, we're going to be their saviors and we're going to be like, Hey, we could have saved you a while ago, but this was your fault. You know, all the decisions that left you to this despair and destitution and uh, poverty you could have been in this utopia with us, but your own government left left you to this. And I'm here to save you, Um, but it's still going to take a while.
1: Super dick, da-da-da-da. <laughs> Pretty much. Super dick, da-da-da-da-da.
0: So, he's going to save them, but it's going to be sort of like a gaslighting sort of savior. Um. And that's sort of those those narcissistic personality traits. So, yeah, it's going to happen, but it's it's going to be sort of a dickish move. Um, again, those are part of those um, unhealthy attachments. Something didn't happen when he was a child. What? We don't know. We don't see that part of a child of his childhood.
1: So, speaking of narcissists, one guy we haven't talked a whole lot, though he's appeared in this, is Lex Luthor. You know, basically he's Superman's greatest rival, depending on what day it is. So throughout this series, we have seen uh, Lex Luthor um, basically challenging multiple people at chess at the same time to test himself. He eventually creates uh, robots and computers to challenge his great uh, thinking capacity. He's read nine books at once, um, so we know how brilliant of a mind he is, and
0: I could do that too.
1: I just don't want to. Show off. That's right. <laughs> so, throughout the issues, we, we're constantly being shown um, how smart Luther is, um, but we only see the hard payoff up until the last issue. So, at this point, the U.S. is the only country left under not under Superman's uh, rule. It's at this time Lex Luthor does run for president of the U.S., and he wins. But it's not what you think. For good reasons. It's still Lex Luthor. So there are some good things that come out of it, though, for those of you still rooting for the good US, US of A in this series. Under Luthor, the U.S. economy does stabilize and improves. Luthor, now in full control of the U.S. military, along with his own uh, Lex Corps, decides to make his final play to finally beat Superman. So now that he's in charge, the economy is improving. They're actually turning a profit, which was deemed unfathomable up until this point. Now it's time to get the aliens. He reveals now to the uh, head of the CIA, Jimmy Olsen, who is, uh, has some spots here, but this is you know he's just a filler at this point, honestly. He is now the head of the CIA. He reveals to Mr. Olsen that the Phantom Zone exists because in this universe, Luther finds the Phantom Zone, a place he discovered outside of Superman's hearing's reach. It is here he makes his final play. Inside the Phantom Zone, they go, they go, and apparently Lex Luthor has recreated the Green Lantern Core in its own image. I know, for those of you who watch, who read Green Lantern, there's a lot of mythology behind it. Um, we're not going to go into that because it's way too freaking long. All you need to know is that Lex Luthor managed to create a freaking Green Lantern core with Howard Jordan at the helm. That's all you hey. need to know.
0: Hey, have you done the Green Lantern yet?
1: Uh, we've done Blackest Night, but we have not done Green Lantern. But wow. anyone who knows me, knows me, loves me some Hal Jordan. That would be me. Yeah, that's right. So he also... As, as at this time, also Lex Luthor sends uh, his wife Lois Luthor to uh, Paris, Paradise Island to Themyscira to convince Wonder Woman to join forces to take down Superman's reign. Throughout these issues, one thing we have not mentioned honestly is because it hasn't really come up is that it's basically a loveless marriage between Luthor and Lo and um, and Lois. He's forever in his work. I'm sorry for any uh, uh, couples out there that that hits too ho- close to home. But it's true here as well. Luther, is all about work. It's all about defeating the alien. He has sent Lois anniversary gifts and apologies in advance because he was working. Wow. Yes. So even in this universe, Luthor is still Luthor. It sucks that, you know, Lois has been sucking Lo- Luthor. Moving on. Wonder Woman, however, is still bitter of Superman's lack of feelings towards her or mankind. So it's really easy for her to say, yes, she's all in on this plan of taking down Superman. Quote, Superman had a clearness in his eyes, which I thought separated him from the rest of his gender. But the truth is that he's just as dangerous and power-obsessed as any other male, a fact I regret that I learned to my cost some years ago. Which, for Lois at this time, you can see it on her face. She's like, damn girl, you're preaching to the choir. I know your feelings quite well. Wonder Woman, though, does not trust Lex Luthor, seeing him as part of the same coin as Superman.
0: Yeah, they are definitely same coin, different sides.
1: So with that, uh, Brainiac is now warning Superman of Luthor's attack. It was only logical to to him that it will happen. And that the longer he waits to act and invade the U.S., the greater the casualties will be. That the U.S. was a cancer and needed to be cut out to save the world. Superman is continually... Refusing this notion. I could have had my utopia overnight, quote, if I'd hammered the world into submission with my fist. So he clearly wants everyone to join via their free will, and he admits from the get go here with Brainiac, if I wanted to, man, I could have had this last Thursday if I wanted to. So with this, we now enter the endgame. Lex sneaks in, <laughs> confronts Superman in the Winter Palace with. Here is the fortress assault too by a bunch of pals in this world. And Brainiac yanks Luther deep into the fortress to be converted surgically into a Superman robot, claiming that Lex would have convinced Superman to commit suicide in less than 14 minutes if they got to converge and talk because Lex has, quote, a level 9 intelligence. Superman at first disagrees with the conversion, ha- uh, hoping that Lex would just you know, go away. And, you know he and that you know he will best him in his own fashion, but that's not happening because as that's happening, Lex Luthor's Green Lantern Corps, which still sounds weird to say, but still happens in this book, along with the Amazons from Themyscira, are in route to attack Superman at his winter home. Superman, against his own will, fights back because at this point his hand is forced. They're coming for him. The, 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 there is no avoiding this fight. They're, they're bringing the fight to him. He tells Brignac to attack the West while he deals with the with the East Coast of the U.S. Easily defeating—I can't stress enough—easily defeating the Green Lantern Corps because I'm sorry, Alex Luther controlled and trained Green Lantern Corps is nothing like the Green Lantern Corps in any other universe. I'm sorry, Hal Jordan's putting up a better fight than what he what he gave in this fucking universe. Easily beats the, the Green Lantern Corps. The Amazons—I'm sorry, y'all went down as well and he makes his way to the White House in rather quick fashion. Superman is greeted by, by Lois Luthor with The Last Great Weapon, a small note written by Lex that reads, quote, Why don't you just put the whole world in a bottle, Superman? Clearly mocking him of his failure of Stalingrad. So, Stalingrad. Sorry, Stalingrad. Remember, in the previous issue, that was shrunk down and unable to bring him back to their normal state. Realizing now, ...that he has clearly overstepped his bounds... ...and should have left the world... ...make its own way... ...whether good or bad... ...he tells Brainiac to stand down. So it took an event... ...way back... ...before he had this perfect utopia... ...the failed... Uh, ...attempt to bring back Stalingrad ...to his normal state... ...his greatest failure has come back to haunt him... ...and... ...pretty much just poking at him like... ...well... ...you had this utopia... You had all of this, but you still couldn't fix this. And apparently that was the one thing that, over time, finally broke him of his, of his thinking. However, though, it's not all great for Superman because, according to Brainiac, um, he was never in control. He's telling Brainiac stand down. I can't do this anymore. Brainiac's like, nah, man. I can't. And he attacks Superman at D.C., Quote, did you really think you could reprogram me, little thing, a level 12 intelligence? I wasn't under your command. You were under mine, Superman, expanding and consuming country by country, until the entire world ran to my ideals. So basically, Brainiac was planning to use this blueprint to conquer other worlds. So this whole time, this utopia was being built by Superman, thinking he reprogrammed Brainiac to so that... The whole world will run like like a switch, uh, those Swiss watches, whatever. It was all Brainiac from the get-go. Brainiac is shut down from the inside by Lex Luthor, who evaded the surgery. And at this point, Superman Superman breaks through the Brainiac ship and rips his, his, uh, his brain CPU out of the system. With Superman's folly at ruling the Earth exposed, Lex asks Superman if he's finally ready to leave Earth. Quote, first, I plan to bury this. The remains of Brainiac CPU in the sea of tranquillity. Tranquillity. I can't say that word for some reason. Tranquillity. Tranquillity. Luther. Then we can figure out whether or not I can safely stay on this planet. Luther, frightful, believes Brainiac has now just activated a self-destruct sequence. Should a scenario like this actually occur, and from Luther, quote, six mini black holes that were powering his engine are primed to go off. Power on this level, Unleashed, is going to wipe out everything in a 15, wait for it, million-mile radius. Earth and everything around it is going to go boom, goes to dynamite, and nothing is going to be left. Even you aren't that fast, Superman. So, <laughs> Superman, already millions of miles away from the Earth, with a Brainiac ship in tow, says, quote, Lex... I know you're not going to be able to hear this message for a while, or even see the explosion until the light reaches you, but there's something I have to say before I go. Well played, old friend. As the detonation goes off with Superman around it, leaving no trace of him whatsoever. So with that, the reign of Superman on Earth is over. Luthor, with Superman gone... Brittany gone, and he's older now, and they have having an interview with him. The world is ready to embrace Lutherism even more readily than ever before. One could almost be forgotten for thinking that this had all been worked out to the 10th decimal point 40 years ago. Eh, Superman? Checkmate. So by this, it looks like Luther had this planned almost 40 years ago. So all those times we saw Luther... Playing checker, playing chess with other people, with robots, reading all these books and everything else, putting off Lois to the back burner. He was working out this plan for the hardcore long game. Go, Luther, you sick bastard. Nah, man. Nah. <laughs> okay, folks, so now that that mind job is out of the way, that Luther apparently planned this 40 years ago, and we end uh, Red Sun, and then we go into the more uh, psychological part of this with the Kathy... Mm-hmm. here's the epilogue of red sun so now, now the world is celebrating that the that the reign of brain and superman is over uh luther and jimmy olsen win a landslide re-election and under luthor the world economy survives the collapse of the former communist rule because remember the entire world was all in on it and excels under luther's now lutherism rule he takes over the winter palace again the fortress of solitude and using notes from the archives, adapts into his own Lutherism. Under his rule, cancer, AIDS, diabetes, blindness, and every inherited form of disease would eventually be wiped out. Advances of science would let the average man live to 800 years. Luthor lives for over a 1,000 years, and at his funeral, Superman is there to pay his respects, but is dressed as we typically know him looking like Clark Kent the hat the the, the 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 journalistic attire we see him there for the first time as the guy we know him as but no one else knows him as that lois does see him but passes it passes it off as an eerie sense of deja vu superman is simply enjoying his time living as a human and quote for the first time i could sit back and see the world of wonders of the world through human eyes and appreciate a resourcefulness that I had failed to give them credit for. Mankind had evolved to become the most advanced species in the known universe, inspired and led by a billion years of Luther lineage. Lena Luther, the artist, Lombard Luther, the Imagineer, Laurie Luth one forty five, the mathematician, Jordan Luth, nineteen thirty eight, pioneering necronauts, and first man to set foot in the afterlife. He, meant, he mentions Alex L., Jordan L., Lana L., and of course Lex Luthor's great-grandson to the power 50, a young man named jor whose IQ exceeded that of even his beloved ancestor. But he's been acting strange lately, and for a Luthor, that's not good. Working too hard and telling the world that our bright red sun that has dimmed, that, that has dimmed my powers and aged my mind is in danger of consuming us. Could he be right, I wonder? Or is this the first time in countless years that a Luthor made a mistake? Now, jor after his final plea with the Science Council falling on deaf ears, that it's the Earth falling out of orbit bit, and not the, the reason he believes, you know, the sun going boom, tells his wife Laura that this is the only thing that they can do. Quote, it's almost like there's nothing left to do but die. Do I refuse to let their emptiness bring any harm to you my little Kalel? Why should you have to suffer for being born into a world with nothing left to conquer? Wife Laura is worried about sending him so far back. The sun was yellow back then and people so primitive. Jarrell tells her it's okay because he's strong and fast and virtually indestructible and he'll need these things to survive. And with the earth burning up and falling apart, they send Cal El off in a ship as the parents embrace and look on with tears in their eyes. Goodbye, my son. Go back and change the world so that we might not become this cold, complacent lot. Go back and bring a little light to our lives again. And the ending two pages, the panels given to us, it shows the ship that was sent off with Jarell and Lara crash landing in the Ukraine. In nineteen thirty-eight, essentially creating this time loop that is Superman Red Sun. So Lex Luther Great 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 Grandkid in this multiverse is fucking Superman.
0: Scary, isn't it? So in this one it's not a Krypton, it is Earth in the very far future that Superman comes from. And from that, he comes from a loving family. And this Earth, still, it's the science council that is not listening to jor and Lara. And his parents are sending him off to... Um, the past instead of to another world, so that he can survive. They know what they're doing, they're sending him back in time so that he can move forward and, <laughs> and be the great
1: this time loop
0: <laughs> and, and create this time loop. It's so strange. Um, but to be the great uh hero that he is supposed to be, um.
1: it's 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 great when you when you read this because the panels as 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 you go through it is pretty much he's he's listing all these luthers and all the great things they're doing and you think you're getting this great um like old school like western like the sun coming over the horizon kind of bit and you feel like man the future's freaking bright but then they realize no the sun is dying about to explode yep so you're reading all these names you know lori 145 uh, Jordan Luth 1938 is because you know the names have been repeating so often that they start attaching numbers to it, and then like, well, we'll just cut off the the, the letters. Now you have L L L, and you're like, wait a minute, I see a pattern coming. Ah, oh, shit. Mm-hmm. And it's it's just it's just so like weird that like all the traits of a Luther you would think, you know, this the narcissism, the ego, and everything else is because he's a fucking Luther.
0: So I mean. <laughs> Which is very, very odd. Um, and it's so strange because I've done a genogram for Superman. Um, and granted, I, that would be going back hundreds of tha- thousands of years. So, of course, I wouldn't, con- I wouldn't include um, Luthor in it. But, yeah, I mean, I've done a genogram for the House of L, And it's, it's crazy to think that, yeah, it's, it came from the Luthers. Um, would I, I mean, based on the right sign, would I classify that he has some sort of...
1: Inbreeding problems? <laughs> Is his
0: genogram a stick? No. <laughs> um, but his, will I say he has some sort of mental health diagnosis? I don't know. Would you say that? You can comment um, in our Twitter.
1: That's gonna be, That's going to be fun. I can't, I can't wait to see like uh, any thought processes people have on this because you know we, we, we played with the originally the idea like, like with, with Mark Miller did, you know what would happen if, if you know soups landed in the USSR versus anything else? And then this this great you know sucker punch at the end is like, well, how about it was another planet? How about a time loop? And then of all the things that you know you would think, man, that's such a great you know, little play at the end. The Luthor screwed up. He, he, he probably should have left somewhere in the, in the the ship a note saying, hey, this happens. Don't screw this up. Yep. But maybe that actually did happen, and the Russians were like, oh, we don't need this. We have a super kid.
0: And it's so funny because there's another uh, thing I talk about with uh, Barry Allen and messing up the uh... – Damn it,
1: Barry. <laughs>
0: <laughs> messing up the uh, timelines –
1: and you erased Wally, you bastard.
0: There's a, there is a, a, a psychological term that we use, and it's an old, old term, and I can't remember it right off the top of my head right now, but I'll remember it. I'll have it for the next the next episode, um, and I can see that happening with this one, too. Um, and I, I can't remember why. I, it, it, the, the term is so... Um, Ubiquitous—that ubiquitous, I can't remember it right now. It's just—it's just it's just, a, just a term that we almost hardly ever use. Um, but yeah, I'll—I'll—I'll I'll, I'll try to remember it for next time, um, or throw it in the show notes. <laughs> Cause reasons. Cause reasons. Um. So, till next time, hmm. Sh- Shannon. Where can they find you?
1: Uh Facebook, the lovely thing, is Instagram, and Twitter. The, the Saga's podcast. Find me, like me, like, subscribe, share, please. Can you, can you please
0: um yeah and definitely find when you find this saga's uh podcast likes subscribe rate it because you know when you rate it um every rating helps boost him up on uh apple on apple podcast that helps boost his uh boost him up so that p- other people can find him
1: oh i'm everywhere folks you can find me apple spotify iHeartRadio, tune in Alexa, wherever you listen to your podcast, you can find me. Just, you know.
0: Yeah, but when you We
1: want we want to build that that group. We want all you nerds to, to congregate together.
0: Yeah, but when you rate it on Apple is when when other people can find
1: you. Yes. So please do that. The more nerds the better.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um and of course you can find me on Instagram, Twitter, um, GF Therapy, Geek Geek Fam Therapy. Um, so Instagram, Twitter, um GF um is the website. Um, and, of course, um, Discord, the Geek Therapy Discord. I'm always there. Um, so you can find me there.
1: Yeah. In a couple more weeks, we're going to do some more uh, iterations of Superman in some form or copycats and uh, see how all these nut jobs coincide with one another.
0: Yeah. And, of course, if you are thinking about suicide um, or you need somebody to talk to, you can definitely reach out. Um, The text is 741-741, and I will put down the phone number in the show notes. Shannon usually has the phone number, 741-741 for text, because um, I know a lot of people aren't crazy about talking to live people.
1: Yeah. Again, um, this this is all thanks to, uh, for me anyways, um, listening to Octane and Liquid Metal. Liquid Metal. Uh, Katie Babs doing this all, all the time. So, something I wanted to do as well. So, the number you need is 800-273-8255. That's 24-7. So, um, yeah. Do that. And not for you. For someone you know, as always, you, know, you never know who's going through some shizzy you know, happy smile is, could be hiding some, uh, some gnarly shit, you know, pandemic sucks, life sucks sometimes, there's, again, I, I said this in my last episode, I'll say it again, there's probably nothing they haven't heard in some capacity or another, so you are not alone, I know it's a, a tired cliche, it's true, so if you're feeling down and out, um, and you feel like you're not, like, like you're totally alone, I promise you, it's, it's not as alone as you think it is, so again, If you need the number, it's there for you. Again, 800-273-8255. It's toll-free. It's there for you. Like, subscribe, share that shizzy on Facebook, Twitter, everywhere. You know, don't lose another person to something that uh, can't be prevented.
0: Yep. All right. Thank you, guys. And uh, we'll see you soon.
1: Excelsior.